So Jesus showed us how it's done, right? With his life. I don't know, let's turn to the back page here. This, this, I found this kind of interesting. I've never sort of looked at it in this way. And the back page in Revelation 12 there. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, I guess before we read that scripture here, just in the beginning here, it's like this, this, this sense of like we're on the track of accomplishing our destiny, the fulfillment of our purpose, you know, it's, it's like there's always more to that, right? There's a next step somewhere. And some people just feel totally like, you know, not even knowing where to start. And, and others are like, well, okay, kind of feeling, like, but it's, it, you know, there's more, you know what I mean? And no matter which way you look at it, it has to do with God's creative purpose. How did he create us? For what purpose? And what, how were we meant to interact with him? And so if, if we're, if we're feeling like we're not grabbing hold or at least on the path of that amazing destiny that God wrote books about our life in Psalm 139, it actually says, you know, which we talk about a lot, but he, he's standing in our future, right? And he's, he's calling us to come. Um, that's in here somewhere too. <laughs> so, but the point is that when we flow with God as he designed and we have the type of relationship with God that he created us for, he's leading us right into the fulfillment of our destiny and purpose, right? And so, but there's something we can boil it all down to and it, and it just gives us a, um, the foundation that we can be sure if we're walking on that foundational truth, then we are on that straight and narrow path that Jesus said we need to walk on, right? It says the way is narrow that leads to life eternal. He is life eternal, according to John 17, 3. It's him. <laughs> so he's like walking us right into his full embrace where there's no, there's no stuff in the way, you know? And as we walk into the fullness of his embrace, something is birthed within us that is, has to do with our destiny, our created purpose, and, begin, and, we, and we begin to bring that into the world. But it's really Christ in us. And so, you know, that's that, that first part here that, you know, that sense of disconnect, that sense of, okay, there's more. And it, it, it has to do with going back to the way God designed us to be, and that is for relationship with Him and to bring forth what He wants to bring forth. And, and, and that has to do with Him in us. Okay, but let's, let's go to the last page here, Revelation 12. Start on the back and go. <laughs> Instead of page one, start on page four. This is, is kind of interesting, Revelation 12, um, <clears throat> verse one. So there is a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, seven heads, ten horns, seven diadems on his head. Okay, he did all that. Da, 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 da. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child. So the enemy always wants to devour what God wants to bring forth. That's the way it works. So if when we decide we're going to yield to God and walk on the path that he has for us, that's like coming out of the trench in the World War II trench warfare. And when somebody comes out of the trench, the enemy starts shooting, you know? So it's like, that's, that's, 
a picture of just the way it works in this world. <clears throat> Which is why Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have difficulties, you're going to have tribulations, but don't, don't worry, I've overcome the world. So in him, we, we have the victory and the overcoming if we let him lead us <clears throat> and navigate life with us. Okay, so uh, this dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And the child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that uh, they should feed her there at 1,260 days. So there's a lot of things going on here, but this isn't a Bible prophecy and time class. So <laughs> but the picture of the woman clothed with the sun Okay, this is a picture of the Bride of Christ, the true church of God, who walks with him. You know, not a name only, but, but, but they've yielded to the Lord and are at one with him to such a degree that what God wanted to bring forth is brought forth. So Christ, who it's also depicting here, you know, Jesus came through the lineage of David, you know, the, the pure seed that way back in Genesis... God said would crush uh, Satan's seed. You know, so you have these two seeds going on there. And, but the seed of the pure seed that God created would endure and that lineage was kept pure, then you get into the flood and the reasons for all that. But then all the way to Jesus. So the unblemished lamb, that idea and everything, was that there was no breakage from the, the purity of, of how God did it there. And so the point is that um, Christ, God wants to bring forth himself through us, really. And that's the point. So now let's go to the first page, okay, and, and, and read Colossians 1, 26. It says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. So it was so powerful you know, it wasn't just this religious thing, but it was a powerful truth that if the enemy understood it, he, he, it says in Corinthians, he wouldn't have crucified Jesus. So it was so powerful, it was hidden. But it's now revealed to the saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present Every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So Paul's stated purpose here is, um, he, he, he described it as like being in labor, you know, to, to see the fullness of Christ birthed forth in, in every person. And so when we realize that our life isn't about ourselves, that's kind of like when a child grows up, right? It's not all about you. You're not the center of the universe, right? It's, but because it is, for a child, it's like they are the center of the universe. And that's really, they kind of are, <laughs> you know, when they're like, everything must be done for them. And, and you know, you just go there and you do everything, a, a little baby. And it, it, that's by design to show a picture also, you know, that uh, we all, we're all there at some point. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but growing up and maturing there are real, real realizations that come that, wait a minute, there's other people in the world <laughs> besides me. <laughs> so it can't all resolve around me. You know, I'm not, you know, the whole solar system revolving around me. And, and as we 
Now imagine God's perspective. I mean, he created, he knows each and every one, intimately wrote a book about each and every person. Each and every person is so valuable, even when they don't realize it doesn't change their value because the price paid for them was valuable. The blood of you, that's how much, how valuable people are. And they just don't realize that they haven't read their own books of what God has created for their life, their purpose, their destiny. But... So, when we're a child, we speak as a child, we think as a child, we do childish things, da, da, da. but when we became mature, the Apostle Paul said, I put away childish things. And, and so, that maturity is, you start to, we start to um, accommodate the needs of, and desires of other people, and we start to have the bigger picture, even how we can be a blessing to other people, and, and this is growth, and this is maturity. And then, you know, when you hopefully find two people who who also have learned how to to think that way then you have marriage which is the picture of giving of one to another it's not it, it's more like let me be the person you rather than just expecting and then in that process there is unity you know because you both realize it's not about yourselves and there's something greater there's a greater picture and then new life comes into the world right okay so with god it's a picture of christ and the church Christ is the bridegroom, says in Ephesians, and, and the believers are like the church. But there's no male and no female in heaven, so don't worry about it. It's not like that. But it's, it, there is this concept of, of Christ and his relationship and that intimacy and that realizing, okay, wow, yeah, it's not about myself. There's a bigger picture. I'm bought with a price, actually, by the blood of Jesus. And he redeemed us to, in order to... We were a slave, we were had a one-way ticket not to heaven, <laughs> somewhere else. And we were a slave. We were there was nothing we could have done about it. So we were we belonged, you know, somewhere else. But he, he gave his own life to redeem us, and so we're no longer a slave. He set us free, but we're bought with a price. And the only way that we could be free was for God to take us into his own life. Because the enemy has no power over the eternal life of God, the Zoe life of God. There's nothing in God that the enemy has hooked onto or can hook onto. Just like Jesus said, there's no, the enemy has nothing in me. There's no flesh hook for the enemy to manipulate me by because my life is totally given over to God. So Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's, that's the idea that we realize it's beyond ourselves. We turn ourselves in and we, we live according to the reality and the truth that we're not our own. You know? And because if Christ redeemed us into himself, it is an illusion to think there is like this third option uh, where we're still in control. Yes, we have free will and we can choose to partner with God or not and we're going to reap the benefits and fruits or not of that. You know, Jesus said, my reward is with me to give each according to his work shall be. But it's not like this, oh, good job, I'll give you five of these. It's not like that. It's to the degree we partner with the life of God, we will have that, we will be that pillar in his eternal kingdom with that, that fits that openness we had towards him. Does that make sense? So in the first chapters of Revelation, it talks about 
to him who overcomes, overcomes what? Ourselves and the soul and the enemy constantly whispering in her, all those things. I will make a pillar in my eternal kingdom. You know, so what does that mean? It, it, and then you have the parable of the talents and the ones who use them wisely, you know, have authority over five cities, ten cities, or the one who got one. It, it wasn't about how much they received, but it's what you, it's what you did with what you were given. So the gifts of God, they're, they're God's. They're not ours. It's like, what are we doing with them? That's, that belongs to us, you know. Our obedience, our yieldedness to, to walk with God. But the gifts and calling of God, it's like, he, that's from him. It's that we can't claim, I'm so good that I have these gifts. It, 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 we're just using what God has given to us. So that whole idea of the rewards in heaven and everything, it's true. It, it, it's real. But it's not like, okay, you're a good boy. I'm going to give you something. It's, it's you've created space. A, man's, a person's gift makes room for them, the Proverbs say. So what, what does that mean? It means if we allow God to bring forth what he has created us for, then there is place for that in his eternal kingdom to be expressed. Does that make sense? So it's, it's not just, yeah, I think you deserve five tokens. It's, it, it's a real participating in the life of God that creates space for the life of God to be expressed in his eternal kingdom in an eternal way. And that that's the role we will fill according to how we uh, allow God to do that within us now. And so to participate that, we, we have to realize it's not about us. But yet when we realize that, we enter into who we really are. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's, it seems like, you know, because there's the natural realm and there's the eternal spiritual realm. We're not going to take this body. We're going to have a glorified body. It's going to be changed, according to 1 Corinthians. In the moment, in a twinkling of eye, the more, mortality will put on immortality. You know, and there's a body of the, like the sun, the moon, the stars, each differing from glory. So it is with the resurrected body. So when Adam and Eve fell, that glory garment just dissipated and they realized they're naked. You know what I mean? But so the glorified body is is just otherworldly it's heavenly and okay so the the point is that this is way we, our calling and our destiny is way beyond our human ability to achieve it that's that's the point god-sized things that he's written about our destiny and our purpose requires us to make space for him to lead <laughs> and to empower us and to help us rewire our thinking according to his truth, according to what he wants to bring forth, which is an expression of himself in the earth. And so this is way beyond human ability, not by mind or by power, but by my spirit. So, so our, if we want to participate in that, then we have to turn ourselves in and say, wow, Lord, yes, I'm just going to follow you, you know. Because this is like your goodness, your your plans, your purpose are way bigger than me. And so Christ in us, the hope of glory, the why is he in us? What's the point? Is because he wants to come forth through us. So it is that hope and expectation that Christ will be manifested through us. And that's why God did it that way, so that we number one, he had to redeem us, he had to bring us into himself. There's no third option where we could go. 
and be redeemed from death. We had to come into his life. And that's what Jesus did. He redeemed us by his own blood so that now he, he shares his life with us and we can be free from the tentacles of the enemy. And so now Christ is in us and there is that hope that his glory will be revealed. All of creation and God himself has this hope that we're going to make the right choices to partner with him to allow him to be expressed in and through our life to the world so we can also fulfill our destiny too. So 1 Corinthians 6.19 talks about that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit uh, who is in us whom we have from God and you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God. So this is the truth and the reality. It's not just like this doctrinal thing that we should adopt. It, it is the truth. There, the only way we could be redeemed was coming into the life of God. That's what he did. That's what he paid for with his blood. So, so all, you know, all the reasons why he's there in us is because he wants to be expressed. And, you know, there's some, some things to think about there in, in the bullet points. Um, but this one where it says, uh, the fourth one down, he empowers us to partner with himself as we yield and allow him to think, speak, and act in, with, and through us. So he's in us for this reason. He wants to think, he wants to speak, he wants to act in and through us. That's why he's there. He's not just there to... to sip Coca-Cola and eat grapes. You know, he's, he's actually there to live life with us. And the hope is that he will be expressed, that we will partner with him to allow him to be expressed through our yieldedness and allowing him. So in this process, our own character and nature is transformed because we cannot interact with God on a religious level of, I do this, you do that, da 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 da, da. No, it is an intertwining. It's a union. It's the only way it can work is a... Is a is a giving up of the lesser, and then we receive the greater, which is his way of thinking, his life, his word, his truth. We let him lead, and then our own character and nature is transformed. Now, I'm talking about the soul. The spirit's already transformed. When we receive Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Our spirit is perfect, complete, empowered. We will never improve upon that. God did that. But now we also have a soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And that's where the enemy fights. He can't fight in the spirit. So he, he launches attack against our way of thinking, our soul, and all these different things. So we have to realize that's where the battlefield is. And that's where, as we cooperate with God, as we yield to him, as we actually obey and do the things he's, he's leading us to do, it, it begins to transform our soul, our, our mind, our way of thinking, our understanding of what's possible and not possible, not and what is not possible. And, and then we become partakers experiencing the divine nature. So the divine nature is there in our spirit. But are we experiencing that? Are we living that out? Are we achieving the destiny and the purpose for which we were created? That's cooperation with God. That's yielding to God. And so then, as we do that, we become entwined in union with himself, like John 17, Jesus said, um, which is the next verse here. He said, um, that they would be one, verse 21, as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, that they also may be one in us. Full stop. I mean, I I'm, I'm struggling to go past that right now because that's so profound. You know, that they may be one in us. Now, this is not just 
positional in the sense of our spirit is there. Okay, yes, it's done, but there's also a relational interaction. You know, you, you relate to somebody because you're on their wavelength. Your way of thinking is aligned with their way of thinking. Your heart is aligned with their heart. And, and, and you, have, you, you have a shared way of thinking and doing things. That's the only way relationship can work. It can't just be, well, positionally, we have this sheet of paper, that the certificate. We are together, so that's it. We're good. Well, okay. <laughs> but how are you, how's that working for you? You know, it's like you need to live that out. You need to get on the same page. You need to have the same, hopefully, kind of check those things before. It's easier. But it's like at, at any point you have to just realize that, okay, same heart, same goals. So that's the becoming one. And that's relational. That's not just positional. Right? And so that's what, you know, we work, we, God's already there. He's, he doesn't need to change. But I'm the Lord, I change not. But we need to change. <laughs> we need to be transformed, according to Romans 12, 2, uh, present our life a living sacrifice so that we can be transformed. You know, if we hold back our life, we're going to lose it. But if we give our life on the altar, we realize we turn ourselves in and say, God, have your way. Then he has the pieces to work with. You know, and he can make the beautiful uh, expression of his divine nature in and through us. And then we're on the same wavelength. And so that's the only way it works. It's not just automatic. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like that the fingers are snapped and then all of a sudden it, 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 it's cooperation. It's, it's yielding. It's, it's the one who loves me keeps my commandments. Jesus said, obeys my word, implements them according to John 14. And, and then that, that provides transformation. <clears throat> okay, so, um, so John 17 says uh, that they may also be one in us, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God revealed in every dimension that we can need to interact with us. That's, what, that's the idea, that's the point, Trinity. Jesus in the flesh, we relate to it now through the Holy Spirit and God's ruling and reigning in the Spirit on the throne. So, <clears throat> so that the world, okay, that they also may be one in us. Why? So that the world may believe that you sent me, so they can also participate. <laughs> That's the point. This union with God is not meant to stop with us, not merely for our benefit. It is for our benefit, obviously. It's for the benefit of anybody who receives him. But, it's, but if this occurs and we're one in him, the world's going to start believing because they're going to see Jesus when they look at us. Because we're going to be thinking, acting, doing the same thing. What he would want done in any particular situation. And that will be a testimony. Because the world will just see the wonders of God and the glory of God, and the miracles of God, and the truth of God, and the, the help of God, and the provision of God, whatever the situation requires, right? And so, <clears throat> so the glory which you gave me, Father, I've given to them, that they may be one. Okay, so God's glory is his nature. It's the way he is, and it shines out. It has a shine. God's character nature shines. And so he's given that to us. So the potential, so we're united with him, but needs to manifest. We need to align and allow God to bring that forth by his spirit. So the glory which you gave me, I've given them that they may be one, just as we are one. 
I and them, you and me, that they may be perfect in one. So this is about discerning the Lord's body, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You know, in Corinthians, where Paul said, if you don't discern the Lord's body, uh, that's why certain things happen. You know, it's like when we discern the Lord's body, we realize that every person has a book written about their life and their value. And, and so we treat them accordingly with value. And the Lord's body, whatever you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. So, so again, we realize the picture is greater than ourself. And we participate with God in what he wants to do in the lives of others. <clears throat> okay, so I and them, you and me, that they may be perfect in one, so that the world may know that you've sent me. Again, this type of unity and love results in the world believing because that is something the enemy and the world cannot fabricate. <laughs> love and unity, people actually loving each other in, to the degree that God makes available to us, that doesn't happen in the world. You, you, you have cooperation towards certain things in the world, but then, you know, the enemy will spit you out when he's done. You know, oh, I don't need you anymore, so throw you under the bus. You know what I'm saying? But it's like God's kingdom doesn't work like that. Jesus got down. He, he, he washed the feet. The disciples, it, it's different, you know. Love is the passport, so. Okay, so that helps others believe when they see that unity and that love. Okay, so when we yield to God in that way, we're on page three now. Here's that the verse in Psalm 139. It says, you've gone into my future to prepare the way and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. So God's already... What bound, loosed, he's, he, he's provided everything. He, it's done as far as he's wrote the book about your life. You don't need to figure it out. <laughs> but what, you, what we do need to do is to partner with God and draw near to him so it can be revealed to us. That's what prophetic words are. This, you know, the, they're reading from the book. They're getting a glimpse of what's in the book of our life. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's not automatic. Wage war by what God has said about you, the promises of God. We need to wage war. There's an enemy that's going to try to stop that. And so just because it's God's will and you get a prophetic word doesn't mean it's automatically going to happen. We need to partner with God. We need to yield. We need to walk with Him so that, and we need to wage war, stab the, the enemy with a sword of the word if he shows up, you know, and just wage war. Okay, do our part to, to yield and walk with God. But he's already standing in the future. He's figured it out. So as we draw near to him, don't you think he's going to start revealing his plans and purposes and the next steps in our life too? And so that's, that's, that's the thing. So Psalm 139, the number of days you've planned for me already recorded in your book. So God's mapped out our life. He, he knows, he's, and he put the gifts within us accordingly. The gifts and calling of God without repentance, that means God's given it to you. What we do with him, it is up to us. That's why some people use their gifts in the wrong way as well. But God doesn't take them back. It's part of who you are, who he's created you to be. And it's our choice to, to walk with him or not. And so, uh, Jeremiah 29, he gives us a future and a hope. Uh, and then, you know, you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search with all your heart. Okay. So, I find it interesting uh, down here it talks about um, 
what we focus on, we empower in our life. So David, so God wants, God has given you gifts, he's given you things that, and he's given, he's written a book about your life and he has a destiny and a purpose in every situation for you. And it, it, it's every day. It's not just this big thing at the end. It's, it's every day. There's a destiny and a purpose in that person that you're interacting with and how what God wants to do in their life. So we're not just talking about you're going to be the next president of South Africa or something. I don't know. Maybe we'll be. Or, or I don't know. But it's every day. You know what I'm saying? There's a destiny and a purpose today that God wants to do as you go to the shop. There's a destiny and purpose with the people you're going to encounter and the things how when you walk with God, that he's going to do in their life through you. You know what I'm saying? So it extends into every day and obviously a culmination as well. But, um, was it there? So, so as we spend this time with God and as we yield and as we, uh, whatever, a work is done in our hearts. So David, you know, David, the shepherd boy who became king <laughs> in the Bible. So David, he was, Tending sheep. He was sitting in the fields with his harp, I think it was. Some musical instrument. I don't know what it was. <laughs> harp. <laughs> yeah. He was playing unto the Lord. That was his atmosphere. Now, when the enemy would come in the form of a lion or a what to steal his sheep, he was also well practiced in doing something about that physically. You know what I'm saying? But his environment was worshipful, uh, there with the Lord. And, and that was, and, and just taking care of the enemy when he tries to show up. So he honed both of those. He, he honed his skills with his sling to be proficient in that. That was his, his physical thing. But he also spent time with the Lord. And that was his environment. So when he, when he showed up, when he went to deliver lunch to his brothers, <laughs> who were there listening to the taunts of Goliath, he responded differently than his brothers did because he lived in a different environment. The war didn't get into him. He was focused on the Lord. He was worshipful. This war was going on. I mean, he wasn't direct. He wasn't there. His environment, but we can, we can keep that environment of our heart in that secret, secret place, you know, where we, where we interact with the Lord in the midst of difficulties and things that's happening in the world. So David did that. David was worshipful. He was there. And so when he went to deliver the lunch to his brothers, his brothers, they've been listening to the taunts and the armies of Goliath for some time already. And they were disheartened. They were like, oh my gosh, you know, looking at the giant, thinking, looking at their own muscle, looking at the giant and thinking, you know, I don't know. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were looking in the flesh. But David was dwelling in the spirit with God. And so he had a different perspective. He's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Meaning this, this uncircumcised Philistine has no covenant with God. He is an enemy of God. So what's the problem here? The promises of God are on our side to defeat our enemies. He had a totally different mindset which enabled him to step into, and that mindset was created by the time he spent with God but it also resulted in a manifestation when he was in that situation to take out the enemy and guess what happened as a result? His destiny and purpose of becoming king of Israel began to fast track. All of Israel saw and gave glory to God also, but they also realized David is a man who moves with God 
And, you know, so he was invited to the king's palace. Okay, Saul was getting out of it, tried to kill him, etc., etc. But, but he ended up becoming king. And the Messiah ended up being calling this, called the son of David. So his worshipful atmosphere and his, his time with the Lord and his focus on the Lord gave him a different perspective to respond differently when necessary. And then that opened up the pathway of his destiny being fast-tracked and his created purpose being realized. So it's all intertwined. As we focus on the Lord and allow him to bring forth what he wants to bring forth, then our destiny is realized in Christ and because of Christ and his leading in our life. So that's the idea of the, the that, you know, uh, okay, well, Galatians 4.19, my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. So that is the, if we could boil it all down, like we started, you know, if we, there's a foundation here and it, this is the foundation. If we boil it all down in our understanding and acceptance of the meaning and purpose of our life is to, to I mean, he created us as family to live in union with himself. But the way we interact and the way the we achieve God's objectives here in this world is we allow, we have to depend on him because God's sitting above it all. He can tell us how to respond and that's the right way to respond to take down the giants that we encounter. And the only way that that's going to work is if we, is if we constantly you know, acknowledge him and stay in that worshipful environment, stay in that yielded environment to the Lord's will. You're no longer I live, but Christ in me. And then live according, you know, we, we take that time in his word. We take that time in prayer and allow him to, 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 be, to bring to manifestation himself, really. His nature, which is now entwined with our nature, so we've become one in that way. That's what John 17 says. So, so that they may be one in us. I've given them your glory, which has to do with his nature, his character. And as we cooperate, we entwine, we live with that, we, uh, we yield, we allow the expression, then Christ is really formed, which is the anointed one, the Messiah, the anointed one, you know, overtakes us. And we, we're along for the ride. <laughs> but our own character and nature is transformed in the process. And so we become, you know, more on his wavelength and somebody that he can relate to, and God finds that irresistible. And so it draws him, according to John 14, if you obey my commandments, then my Father's going to love you. We're going to just move in with you, you know, and we're going to bring all our stuff with us too, you know. <laughs> and so it, it creates a relational desire, and God just is able to um, to 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 move in to our life because we've made room. We've, we've aligned everything that needs to be aligned for his life to be expressed so then he can come in and take up residence with us dynamically, you know, and then he's expressed to the world. So that's the idea of Christ being formed within us. And um, so it's, it's, it's about that, finding out what God so, well, it's drawing near to him. And it's, it's turning ourselves in and saying, Lord, what is your plan? What is your purpose? The reality is I'm redeemed. I'm not my own. The enemy tries to make you think there's a plan C, but all that's going to f- crumble away in the end. And you're left with nothing. 
It was an illusion. That there's only one life now for the redeemed, and that's life in God, life in Christ. And we find our true purpose, our true identity, true love, true meaning, true destiny, tr- fulfillment, true everything that we actually, that is good, pure, lovely, and that we desire. Any, it's in Him. And the sooner we realize that, then the sooner we can adjust the uh, GPS that guides our life, you know, and say, what's our destination? Well, I, 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 you know? And, and so we change the coordinates to God, 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 God. And in that process, all the destinations, even the desires of our heart, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart are realized as well. But it's about birthing that for which we were brought into this world to birth. And it has to do with Christ within us helping that process to happen. And um, so when we get on that straight and narrow way, it's a straight and narrow way, but it's a sure way. It's like the tracks of the train just, and there's no disruptions. (laughs) It's a heavenly track. (laughs) You know, there's no potholes. There's no missing pieces. There's no like, you know, he, he laid good tracks, you know, in the blood of Jesus is a foundation. So it's firm and it's sure. And by these precious promises, the covenant in his own blood, we are partakers of the divine nature. If we stay on that straight and narrow path, it even says, as Isaiah, it said, even a fool, if he finds himself on the highway of holiness, will become wise. If you're on that path, and, and to be on that path, you need to start yielding, you need to start turning yourself, in, or you can't stay on that path. So if you're on that path, you, you will become wise, you, you will be transformed, you will, because there is no other way it can work than to just be more and more like him. Hmm. So it's exciting. The enemy tries to make us think we're on the back foot. We're never, God's never on the back foot. And if our life is hid in Christ, neither are we. You know? It's just about perspective. It's about realization of truth. We need revelation by the Spirit. We need revelation of the Spirit. And as we yield to that, we'll see the manifestation of the Spirit. Christ himself and so so yeah our part is just to keep our junk detector our radar on and when it goes off dee, 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 okay that thought's not from God chuck it that fear is not from God God's not giving a spirit of fear chuck it you know any keep the junk detector the, the Holy Spirit just he'll point out things to us you know that aren't compatible with the breakthroughs with the promises with the destination God has and we just we don't give it place. We bring every thought captive to the obedience, to the way God wants it to be. You know, and we keep going. And, and we don't become pacifistic about the things we haven't seen manifested yet. This, this is very important. The Lord's been reminding me too. It's easy to become pacifistic if, things, if certain things take time. But, okay, are we still acknowledging? and Or, or have we kind of like not engaged with that at all anymore? You know what I mean? So, so we need to stay in there, um, and um, stay on that track, and keep agreeing, and keep you know that Holy Spirit water flow going on it. You know what I'm saying? So, thank you, Jesus. 
Hi, my name is Paul Warren Gray with Life Mission. If you'd like more audio and video teachings like this one, please visit our website at www.lifemission.org.za. That's www.lifemission.org.za. And if you are in the Johannesburg area in South Africa, we hope you'll drop in so we can meet you in person. Details are on the website.